going on? This is the man of the hour, Leo Rush, and you are now listening to Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host for tonight, Alo and Roloy, and it is a one-man band yet again, guys. <laughs> all right, so... Before we get started, make sure to head over to iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast from, and make sure to leave us a five-star review, and and uh, actual reviews are appreciated, <laughs> not just the star rating. I would love to read what you guys have to say. Also, head over to WhatUpManoeuvre.net for your Matt Madness gear, and also head over to Ringside Collectibles and use promo code MMADNESS to save 10% off your order. I know you guys saw that AEW Unrivaled commercial, and if you want them soon as possible head over to ringside collectibles and use our promo code and save yourself 10 percent. so this episode is going to be all about extreme rules well the horror show at extreme rules so before we get into the advertised content uh i want to talk about AEW's fight for the fall in this past week i have not seen everything from its entirety but i did want to bring up the TNT Championship match between Cody and Sonny Kiss. And I thought this match actually told a nice little story. I think there's a lot more that's in the store for Cody in the future, but especially how serious Arn Anderson was on him early in the match. It's like I think he t- told him at some point to get your head in the match. What are you doing? And even uh, there's some point in the match where Co- Co- uh, Arn was just looking at Cody. And I think Sonny Kiss ended up hitting a cor- crossroads on Cody. And Arn just couldn't believe it. He was completely in shock. But I thought that match told a lot about Cody and his future. I think there's something in store for him big in the next upcoming weeks. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Now, when it comes to the main event, the delayed AEW Championship match between John Moxley and Brian Cage, I thought this was a good match as well. Uh, I'm not the biggest Brian Cage guy, but I know he's a phenomenal athlete. I'm not going to take away, take away anything that he could do in the ring. I just personally find the guy corny, but as a, as a wrestler from an in-ring perspective, he is fantastic. I'm not going to knock him there. And I thought the fact that Moxley working on the injured bicep and injured arm that he just recovered from surgery from was actually a really smart move in the match. I really did enjoy it. And the only thing I'm up in the air about the finish because Taz presents Cage with the FTW title saying he's one of the baddest guys on the planet. But Taz throws a towel in. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. If he's like if he's the baddest guy one of the baddest guys on the planet, why are you throwing the towel in for him? But I can go on the opposite side and say this that Cage as the FTW champion, even though it's not a re- really recognized title, he still is actually relevant, and he's not going to fall into the problems that a lot of AEW's big monster heels fall into. For example, you like you see some of these big monster heels, and you you see them on their first initial feud, and then after that, you don't see them again doing anything important for a while. For example, Lance Archer is one example. I can also go with Sean Spears. You know, Sean Spears, for example, was in a marquee match at All Out last year with Cody throughout the summer feuding, and he really hasn't had anything much since. He had the feud with Dustin, but other than that, he hasn't had much, and that's that that's been the fault for AEW is with their with their heels, 
and Lance Archer as well. Lance Archer's built on this big heel coming in. He's in the finals for the TNT Championship with Cody. But after the, the feud with Cody, he's relevated to AEW Dark. And I understand AEW's mind of making sure that, you know, every every win and loss matter. You know, but the fact that he's like he might have matches, but they're not they're not important. They're, like they're not important stories. He's having matches. He's climbing up the rankings, but the mat, but the storylines for him aren't there. And Cage isn't, isn't going to fall into that because he is the FTW champion, and he's coming out of this loss uh, with Moxley with a few with Darby Allen. So they actually did a really good job there, and actually not having Cage fall into the trap what the other AEW heels do at this point, and that's. Bill, eight one of AEW's flaws is what now? What next for after you lose? I understand the wins and losses matter there, but what story is next for you? So we're going to see Cajun Darby Allen. I'm looking forward to that because Taz was teasing and trying to get Darby Allen's attention before he ultimately ended up with Brian Cage. So I'm definitely interested in seeing that story. And like I said, Brian Cage is very lucky to have a story coming out of this in the loss. I have yet to see. FTR and the Lucha Brothers, but I heard good things about that, and I'm interested to see where we go from here because you know Kenny and Hangman did the tag team champions still as well, and I'm assuming that at all out we're gonna get the, probably gonna get the FTR Young Bucks match. But something I want to bring up is this whole thing with Hangman. You know they kind of dropped it, but it's interesting. You know what if Hangman kind of sided with FTR? Like you remember last week on Dynamite, well at Fighter Fest that Hangman was drinking beer. Well, FTR gave out beers to the to Hangman and Kenny. Kenny pours it out and Hangman chugs it, even though that's Hangman's thing. And this past week, I know for I know what happened that Kenny brought the beers out and FTR poured them on Kenny. So it's interesting to see. Like, are we gonna get what are we gonna get first? We get the Young Buck versus FTR first. So you're gonna get FTR versus Hangman. And Kenny for the tag titles first. It's real interesting to see what we're going to get. So there's a lot of entry coming out of AEW, and I'm really looking forward to see what we actually get. Now to get to the meat and potatoes of the show and the advertised content, Extreme Rules is this Sunday. Well, I keep doing it. The horror show at Extreme Rules is this Sunday on WWE Network from the WWE PC. And, you know, when you look down this card, it's and I'm going to give WWE credit here and... This whole pandemic thing might actually have been a blessing in disguise for them because you see the same faces, so stories are actually continuing to, continuing to progress. It's not like when you're on TV and you're plugging a bunch of commercials and have all these extra guys that you got to fit into your television show. I think they're doing a really good job with the talent that they do have at this point and actually continuing stories because looking at this card, you might not care about the guys, but if you actually dig deep into it, you see a lot of really good stories here. And I can't say I'm not, I am very excited for this card. And I think it's going to be real fun. Like the whole cinematic aspect, I think we're going to at least three cinematic matches out of this card, out of the six matches so far. So I think it's a nice little balance. If if they don't add any more matches, which that would be fine to me. But I'm actually looking forward to it. I think that this actually can be a surprisingly really good show. 
And we're going to start things off with Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman. This is not for the Universal title match. And this is in a, in a swamp match. So I'm really looking forward to this match as well because like, the story is there. I, I talked about this coming out of WrestleMania. Is you have to kind of keep these Bray Wyatt matches special and give it a break. And they're giving it a, three, a cinematic Bray Wyatt match, a three-month break here. And also, after Money in the Bank, you didn't see, we didn't see Bray Wyatt. And... But Bray taking that month off and then Braun feuding with the Miz and Morrison in between, it benefits the feud and it gives their story more life going into SummerSlam, going into Extreme Rules and at SummerSlam, which I think is actually ultimately going to end up going. And it's like we haven't seen a lot of these two either, so that's a good thing. It makes everything they say and all the interactions more important because they aren't overexposed. And there's a lot of things we can actually see in this match I'm looking forward to. Like, Braun's past in the story was told about the swamp. He talked about the alligators and the snakes. I think all that should come into play. He told Braun told a story on the, 20, on the June 26th SmackDown that he was, at the, he was at the swamp with Bray, and there was a snake that was coming after him, and Braun, and Braun said, and Bray said, stop, that's my friend. And Bray went face-to-face with the snake, and the snake attacked Bray, and Bray just laughed it off. And... I think something like that should be a part of the match. I think we already know the cabin will probably be a part of the match. I made a point to kind of rewatch the House of Horrors match against Randy Orton from three years ago. And despite the whole having to end up back at the arena thing, I think we'll see some elements from that match. And it will actually fit here. And... Braun also called Bray the devil, and he loved working with him. And it seems like Braun's going to have to take himself to a different level and different headspace in this match to, in order to defeat Bray Wyatt. And I think Braun is going to think he defeats Bray, and maybe he'll drown him or something like that, or one of these animals that come into play, like the alligators and the snakes that he's just talked about, maybe something now coming into play. But I personally think that he's going to try to drown Bray Wyatt and all of it, think and he's gonna think he's win, he's won, and then the fiend will rise up from the swamp, and that's how I think Bray Wyatt will win. I think the fiend will rise up from the swamp and take out Braun, and that's how Braun wins. Bray wins, and we get the rubber match at SummerSlam for the Universal Title. It'll be the Fiend versus Braun. That's why I think we're going to do. But I'm really looking forward to this match because I think Bray Wyatt. I think he's been very creative, and if it's anything like the Funhouse match, I know it's a different element, but I think they can actually pull out a lot here and, and pull out all the stops to make this very entertaining and continue this story because Braun does have that history in the Wyatt family and in the Swamp. So everything will be go hand in hand this match, and it will all be a part of the story. Next up, we have the WWE Championship, Drew McIntyre and Dol- Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler returned to Raw on the June 22nd episode as part of the AJ Styles trade along with Bobby Roode. And Dolph is in charge of naming the stipulation to the match, but he's yet to do so. But per WWE email, it possibly may have spoiled the match that Ziggler's going to choose because in the email, there was a graphic of tables, ladders, and chairs in the backdrop. So that might be a spoiler that it might be a TLC match, but we'll have to wait and see because Dolph's not saying until the night of. Now, I think McIntyre's been a good champion, but I kind of can care less about this entire thing because when it comes to Dolph and the world title, it never really goes anywhere. And I don't think this is really going to go anywhere either. Story-wise, I understand that Dolph's trying to like get inside McIntyre's head, but I just think like 
some of the things, like the whole Heath Slater thing, for for example. You know, he, he they try to play it off as Ziggler getting to McIntyre's head, but it kind of made McIntyre look like a dickhead. You know, not 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 to get into his mind, but it just made him look like a bad friend. You know, you're bringing Heath Slater back. They had the history with 3MB, but he says when Drew got fired, he called him every day. McIntyre didn't call Heath when he was away. It kind of made him feel like a dickhead. Like, well, yeah, he's like, he's really a bad friend. You know, it's not really my game. That's just actual facts. And Heath says he never got his match with McIntyre after McIntyre said he was going to go to bat for it. He, get, he gets his match. Dolph beats up Heath after the fact. And then McIntyre and Heath reconcile. So it's a little silly to me, but... I said I I loved Dolph Ziggler before we started the show. Then Pash ruined it for me with the whole Lionheart thing. Dolph Ziggler is one of those guys that writing is his best friend. And the year the year the year before we started the show, Dolph Ziggler was on fire. But ever since the inception of the show, I don't think he's really done anything important except for his initial feud with the Miz with over the IC title. He hasn't really done anything. It hasn't really. Felt important, and then we always know when it comes to the big match, he's going to lose. So I'm going with McIntyre in this match, and I believe McIntyre will end up facing Randy Orton at SummerSlam. Randy Orton does not have a match on this card, which I'm happy to see because I don't think you need to have him on the show. Let him have his match with the Big Show on Raw, and let that be what it is there because I don't think it'll it's needed here. Give Randy Orton a bit of a break from the Big Show. But I do think we're headed to Drew Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton at SummerSlam. Now, the match I'm looking forward to the most, and I'm going to pair these two together as one whole thing, but it's the Women's Championships. Sasha Banks is facing Asuka for the Raw Women's title, and Bayley's defending her SmackDown Women's title against Nikki Cross. On the June 22nd Raw, Sasha Banks says she's jealous of Bayley, and she wants two titles as well and challenges Asuka. And on the June 26th SmackDown, Nikki Cross will win a fatal four-way. No more contenders match to challenge Bayley at the horror show Extreme Rules. So, f- first of all, Sasha Banks, my, 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 oh, God, Lord have mercy. Uh, she's, she's been on a whole other level. I'll get to that in a little bit. But Sasha Banks and Bayley, they have looked absolutely amazing. They've been booked perfect. And then bounce around to all the shows has actually been booked actually very well. Now they're not just they're not just defending the titles on the shows. I mean, Sasha has the thing with Oscar on Raw, and they defend their tag titles on Raw. NXT they defend their titles on Raw, and Sasha had a thing with Io Shirai. They, they defend the titles on SmackDown, but Bailey starts a few with Nikki Cross on SmackDown. So them being on all three shows has a level of important a level of importance. It has it hasn't been wasted. It's not show and them not and then. Not just showing up isn't. It makes everything feel important. It makes sure every and it makes everything they do on these shows matter. And everything they're doing is adding to this story because who knows when they're we're actually going to get the whole Sasha Banks versus Bailey? Are they going to wait till we get new cra- uh, crowds again? Are they going to rush this to SummerSlam? But plans may have changed with Charlotte and Becky Lynch actually being out. So it's interesting to see, but I'm fine with them holding this off because I can I can have this, watch this 
all that. They are so entertaining to at this point in 2020. They have been excellent. Sasha Banks and Bailey, those are the two the two uh top candidates for women's superstar of the year. I don't think it's even close at all. And just keep them doing what they are doing. You know, Bailey's baby Bailey's level of annoyance is perfect. Sa- the, the way Sasha vibes off her is is perfect. Sasha's been incredible in the ring this entire year as well and they're benefiting huge from the absence of Charlotte and Becky because the way WWE is they invest so much time into their top stars and Charlotte and Becky were on a higher scale than Sasha and Bailey were. So the fact that Sasha and Bailey are finally getting their just due is something that I'm very excited about. And the whole Sasha Banks versus Oscar match, I cannot wait for that match. That's the match I'm anticipating the most. I, I hate how these these Sasha Banks matches always end up going. It I I'm gonna go with Oscar here. But my heart really wants Sasha to win because I really think she deserves it. And I would just love the image of watching her and Bailey walk around with all the gold. And that could also lead to the story as well. I could see this going in many ways, especially on how the sh- on who go- matches first. I could see Sasha help helping Bailey retain the title, and Bailey Bailey not helping Sasha win the war- the Raw Women's title. I could see Sasha win the title from Asuka, and Bailey losing Bailey losing it to Nikki Cross. Even though I, I even though I don't I don't feel strong about Bailey losing to Nikki Cross. I think Bailey's going to win, so Bailey is my pick, but. There's just so much here that you can do and so much story you can go with with these two. It's just going to add to their story. And we've got teased this for years. And no matter how silly it was or whatever, the way they're booking this now, this is headed for a great payoff. And that's good because the stuff that we saw previously with these two went in. They like you about the split. It was horrible, but this everything they do, they're adding layers to this because everything they do on these three brands actually matters, and that's how you make superstars. Everything they do has to mean something. Now, next up is the eye for an eye match with Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio. Now, this match should be interesting. Uh, the only way to win is to literally pull someone's eye out and. Uh, this match should be shot cinematically as well. And for me, there's just too many people involved in this. You've had Humberto Carrillo involved. Alistair Black's involved. Kevin Owens is back and he's involved. It's just so much going on. And like Dominic's involved. Buddy Murphy and Austin Theory. It's, it's just too much going on. You know, I can, I, I can care less about Rey Mysterio in 2020. But Seth Rollins, I think he's been... On another level, especially with the no crowds, I think he's excelled in that aspect. Between Seth Rollins, Apollo, and Billy, and Oscar, those four have succeeded in this no crowd, in this crowdless era of wrestling this year. But I, I have hope for this match because I think this match actually might be shot in a horror in a horror film way, and. I'm interested to see how they get the whole eye thing, go, eye thing to work because, like, hopefully they actually use logic here. And logic would be like, I don't think you can just put somebody's eye back in. And uh, so Owens hands Rollins the eye patch on Raw. So people are thinking like, oh well, Rey Mysterio's gonna win, but 
how badass would Seth Rollins look with an eye patch with the way he looks now? I think he'll actually look pretty cool. But if you look at the rumors and what you see, Rey Mysterio is allegedly not. He's working under a short-term deal, and I would think that if you have somebody's eye out. You're going to be selling this for the foreseeable, foreseeable future. So, if Ron, if Ray is reportedly under this short-term deal, I'm going to have to go with Rollins to win. And that writes Ray Mysterio for TV, and you won't see him again. And So, that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Seth Rollins in this match. The United States Championship matches matches also in this card. MVP versus Apollo Crews. Two weeks ago on Raw, MVP introduced... The new United States Championship. Apollo Crews has yet to hold his new title. He's still dragging around the old one. Now, MVP, I think, has been really good, especially for Bobby Lashley, because Bobby Lashley, before MVP, he was doing that horrible stuff with Lana, but I think MVP has brought some legitimacy to Bobby Lashley and let Bob just do what he he's do. He's a, he's there to be a, a wrestler and a, and a big badass. That's all he's there for. But... You see, you still see MVP mixing it up with uh, some of these guys backstage. Like he did Shelton Benjamin a few weeks ago in the past couple weeks with Cedric Alexander, King Rick, and uh, Ricochet. And I talked about this, I think a, maybe a month ago, about a strong black stable in WWE. And we keep getting teased with MVP trying to recruit people to join him. And I think that it's the perfect time. And I said that last month. I think it's time, the perfect time to have a strong black stable in WWE. Uh, I don't think I don't. Th- I'm not sure what's going to happen at Extreme Rules with that, but I do think Apollo Cruz is going to win because I think this is actually set up more for Lashley to take the U.S. title from Apollo Cruz, and whoever is going to follow MVP will soon follow, whether it's Cedric Alexander, Sheldon Benjamin, or Ricochet. But I'm picking Apollo Cruz to retain the U.S. title and finally get to hold his title that he is title that he owns. Our final cinematic match is Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus. I have much to say about I don't have much to say about this, but I think it would actually be fun in a ballroom brawl. So I I think this would actually be a really good match. Well, a really good uh, scene. We'll put it that way. I think they actually pull this off really well, and I'm gonna go with Jeff Hardy to win the ballroom brawl. So that's it for the horror show at Extreme Rules preview. I think I think I did everything down. So make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher. Head over to WhatAmaneuver.net for your Madness gear, and head over to Ringside Collectibles and use promo code MMadness for ten percent off your order. So for that's it for tonight. I'm Alo Lloyd, and I will see you guys next week. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mission, man. It ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all. Off-